With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Here we are, Golden Gold Podcast, talking about the Gold Cup and the semifinals. I'm your host, Drew Collins, joined by my friend, James Carr. James, lots to talk about on this episode of the Golden Gold Podcast. Um, where do we begin? I guess we have to begin in actually probably the second most compelling uh, match uh, at the Georgia Dome last night, even though we are both American supporters. Uh, America versus Jamaica, Jamaica to USA 1. I've heard the biggest upset for a, a uh, United States men's national team in the history of the team, I don't know if that's true. I mean, wow. you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I just that is what I heard. So, it, what what was you were there? I was there. What was your reaction? I guess afterwards, how did you feel? Well, um, first off, I would like to uh, direct all of our listeners' attention towards Aaron Bauer, who predicted this to happen, and we should. Uh, certainly be directing our vitriol at, at his Twitter account because it kind of went down exactly as he predicted. So, um, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this before we went on air, like it just kind of happened. And like, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I didn't get too negative in terms of my emotions because what, I mean, here's the, here's the real question, Drew. What expectations did the U S set in the last, in the opening round. I mean, you got to discount Cuba a little bit, but because, you know, but overall, those first three games, what gave you the indication that they were going to, you know, come into the next round and sweep? Like, yeah, it's expected because we're at home and it's America, but when they, when you look at the way they actually played and you look at the fact that I don't think they threw out the same lineup twice at all, like they they looked exactly like what what they they should have looked like. They looked discombobulated. They looked a little lackadaisical, and they got really burned for it. And it's just like, you know, that's what happens in a tournament when one team wants it really bad, and the other team thinks they got it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and we were talking about it. <laughs> this isn't uh, United States. But, you know, these people aren't intimidated. These teams are not intimidated by the U.S. They're not intimidated by Mexico, as we've seen. Um, this was bound to happen at some point. You know, last week, I'm not patting myself on the back, but when asked, you know, is it going to be a U.S.-Mexico final? I didn't think it was going to be. I thought one of these teams was going to get right. upset. One, one did. Both probably should have been up. Both, we can get to that. But both should have been upset. Um, credit to Mexico. Um, I don't know where a lot of the – you know, I, I think the U.S. actually – I don't want to say played good because they didn't play play good, but they had a lot of chances. You know, it's not like they were dominated by any means um, against Jamaica. You look at the shots and the expected goals, heavily, heavily favored 
by the U.S. But Jamaica took their chances, and the U.S. squandered so many. Um, it was good to see them get back in the game. The first, you know, you can usually tell the first five minutes of the, the second half if a team's down by two goals or more, if they're going to come out with some fire. U.S. did. Uh, almost got a second goal there from that Bradley strike, which was which was pretty great. I had a great angle of that. Um, that ball was moving. Um, anyways, yeah, and, and so, man, a lot's going through my head, but my initial reaction was I wasn't that upset. I mean, I don't want to say I saw it coming, but, you know, it's, Every, you know, we were. I was complacent as a fan, and, and so it didn't. It didn't shock me. And you know, what did we really lose? Not a whole lot. Let's be honest. I mean, it's not the World yeah, Cup, well, and, and we get the playoffs anyways. Yeah, I mean, you lost an automatic bid to the World Cup preliminary tournament. So yeah, at the end of the day, not a big deal because um, you can still win that in another game. Which you know, frankly. The, this team needs more games under their belt, period, in competitive, intense environments. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I just keep going back to, um, you know, your, your comment about how these teams are so familiar with each other is just so true. And when you look at the, the U.S. team that played against Germany and the Netherlands, like, and, and you know what, I actually had a conversation with this, uh, about this uh, with a friend yesterday. Um, after the game, and you really saw it in the uh, the last game of the group stages when Clint Dempsey came on, right? So Clint Dempsey comes on and he just has this attitude like, like, like I don't care, like we're going to ball, man, like we're about to show them what we do, and that was the attitude that the team played with um, against Germany and against the Netherlands, like not quite reckless abandon, but almost like to the point at which. You know, the other team was on their toes, unsure of what was going to happen. And when, you, when, you, when this team played in the, the Gold Cup, it was almost like everyone was, like, like trying not to mess it up. And, you know, that's like the United States is not at that level where they can just play, like kick the ball around, wait for the other team to make a mistake and score. Like that's almost like you would think of old um, German teams. I mean, they've been, like, sort of wilding out lately with, uh, some of their young, aggressive um, forwards. But um, before that, you know, that was very much their style. Play within themselves, play within their means, wait for the other team to mess up and score. But the, the U.S. had so many athletes. And you saw that towards the end of the game um, when you had Sardis and Yedlin on the field. And, um, they, well, they brought in that tall forward. I think his name was Alex Gordon. And that totally shut down the momentum because he was like Andy Carroll up there. And they just started lobbing the ball along, hoping that he could head it down. And the U.S. hasn't played like that since Brian McBride was on the team. And, then, you yeah. know, it just, again, goes back to Jurgen's complete and total inconsistency. Like, how are you going to play somebody who hasn't played for the last four games in the most important 20 minutes of the tournament? That's crazy. And, yeah. and again, just, just playing not to make mistakes is what did this team in. Yeah, I think there was a lot of complacency, absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. like the, the team came out flat and, like flat. I said, Expected to go to the next round because that's we, we're the U.S. That's what we do. We, you know, right. but it's not like, like it's not we, like we have this bravado. It was just like, oh yeah, just give it to me. We'll, you know, let's punch our tickets. Yeah. Let's let's get out of here. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. Exactly. Like right. And, and as, as an experience as as um, a fan, a soccer fan from Atlanta, what a disappointment. I mean, that obviously 
you know traffic's going to be abysmal. Um, that's fine. Get there early. Uh, you know, some of us have to work, but we can still plan for this. It's not like we didn't know it was coming. Um, of course, then you add in the Braves <laughs> play a 12:30 game. They somehow like play one of their three-day games of the year. It's at home. They schedule it, you know, 12 o'clock. If that adds to it, you know, traffic's getting out 4 o'clock. It's a disaster there. Um, every, you know, getting into the stadium, a mess. I don't know if you've had to deal with that, but me just getting into the stadium, it was so tough. And I'm sure people on Twitter, I didn't really see it, but I'm sure there was a lot of talk like, oh, look at the Atlanta fans, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, you really don't understand how, <laughs> like, unless you live here, I know I'm, I'm giving you excuses, but it's a pain. It's, it's a real pain, and, it's, and the way that the Georgia Dome handled it was a mess. They didn't do a good job. Small, man. I, I mean, I remember we were going in, and, um, like, the security people were joking about what a joke the security was. They're like, there's no way we can possibly check people coming right. in here. Like, there's too many. And then at some point, <laughs> it, was, it was almost like a scene from 300. Like, they stopped letting people in, and they were just yelling, like, Hold the line! Hold the line! <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and it's like they knew they knew that 70,000 tickets were sold a couple days before. I mean, it's like, I don't, it was just, it's such, it was so poorly run. It was so poorly run. Um, and, and it was a good crowd. I mean, the whole thing was essentially sold out. I thought that a lot of American fans showed up. I, I don't know if you can tell that on TV, you know. I, I, I thought that half the crowd was American. I, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think that's all right. I, I, I saw them letting fans in. So this, you know, when I was leaving, I, I didn't stay for the Mexico game. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, truth be told, I watched it online. Uh, but, you know, they were just letting Mexican fans in if they saw an American league, which was, you know, not surprising to me the way they handled things. But, uh, yeah, that, that is – that was my experience. I wish it would have been better. Um, but, you know, as a typical Atlanta fan, this is stuff that happens in our city. We shouldn't expect good things, right? Yeah, well, this is why we don't have nice things, right? And this <laughs> is why they, you know, like just today, well, first of all, the Braves are moving out, like just for the reasons you alluded to before. And just today it was announced that the new CEO of the Hawks is demanding either a remodel of Phillips Arena or a new location. That is 16 years old, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That would be so absurd. And, of course, Kasim Reed is like, oh, well, I think that's a great idea. I mean, dude, like, uh, especially, I mean, there's, there's so much information out there about how, how bad stadiums are as economic investments. And, oh, yeah. you know, like they're building a whole mall around the Braves, not to, not to get, you know, too far off topic, but, like, can you, can you imagine going to the mall on a home game? Hell no, you're not going anywhere near that. That means 82 days a year, those places are getting zero business, and they're trying to say that it's going to be good? I mean, you know, I just think that this, this, this is a little bit – this is kind of a sham, like, you know, oh, it is, but, it is. But that's, I think we, we came up, I mean, I think we discovered a, a really good topic for another day because this, this mm-hmm. has you and I both really passionate um, about stadiums and, and our experience. But, but let's get back to it. Let's talk, um, I think we've hit on pretty pretty well we've, we've hit on the, the U.S. Men's national team. I, I do want to throw one more thing out. I think it's absurd when people talk about firing Gary and Clemson 
I don't necessarily think he got the tactics tactics right last night, but you look at his track record, it is so much better than everyone else, you know, that we've had, at least up to this point. So I, I, I think that's absurd. And if you remember how hard it was or how much we how much power we gave Jurgen, you know, he's the technical director too, so we're gonna have to live with that. Um, right, right. And, that's you know, that's I, a I real think, issue. Right. And is it you know, should he be? Well, that's a, that's up for another debate. But you have to remember how much we gave up just to get him. And so, you know, I know his expectations are higher. I, I think he's actually, you know, come good on a lot of. Them. So, anyways, that's a that's another point for another well, day. Let's I, talk I, to, I'd like to I'd like to just touch upon a couple of things that you mentioned there. Um, you know, I think that I think that while you're right, he's not going anywhere. I don't think necessarily – I mean, the calls maybe are a little absurd to fire him simply because of the logistics of doing so. It would really be absurd. But to put a lot of pressure on Jurgen is totally within reason. I mean, it's not just one game that he got the tactics wrong. I mean, the team looked poor the whole tournament. And, you know, maybe it's squad selection, maybe it's injuries, maybe it's tactics. I personally think – that part of the issue is that the back four has not been solidified, and that's been a weakness of the U.S. for basically Jurgen's entire tenure. And so it forces him to put on Kyle Beckerman. That's not a knock against Beckerman because I think he's a phenomenal central defensive midfielder, but I think he's getting a little bit past it, just a little, and it would be better if you could really work on that mixed discarude uh, Michael Bradley partnership because there was really nothing working in the midfield. There's no link up between Bradley and Dempsey. Like they don't really play off of each other that well. And you know somebody needs to develop that kind of chemistry with Bradley so that they can create space in the middle because there's so much athleticism on the wing and potentially up top with Johansson, with Zardes, with Yedlin. I mean, those guys should be wreaking havoc upon defenders. Like, they should never know what's coming, and all you really need to do is create a few inches of space for Bradley to find them. And that's just, like, consistently not there. So, you know, for me, a lot of it goes back to the back four. If Jurgen felt very confident in his back four, he would, he would be able to allow his midfielders to develop more of an offensive chemistry. But as it is now... You know, they have to be mindful of the defensive um, inadequacies, and it kind of limits them going forward. So, you know, again, like kind of to balance out the statement like, yeah, there's some things that Jurgen could be doing. But at the same time, you can only do so much with what you have on the field. And if, you, if your back four is weak, your team is weak. And, you know, that's the bottom line. And then the other thing, too, I mean, Brad Guzon, just the same day that Tim Howard announced that he was uh, going to come back out of international retirement, didn't really do himself a whole lot of favors. Nope. Not at all. So, Not at all. Tough one for, um, you know, it's a tough game, but it, you, it, it, it does take things like this sometimes to be a catalyst for some real serious change and some real, you know, long looks in the mirror. And, um, you know, I think that's necessary both on uh, Jurgen's part and some of these players, too, because, um, you know, as, as, you, as you kind of mentioned, it didn't really feel like the drive. Like, when you, the Jamaican players definitely had um, a bit more intensity, certainly in that first half. Sure. And, but, I mean, what was the motivation? I, I almost get it from a motivational standpoint. I don't know what 
like I don't know the significance of a gold cup. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, but uh, you should have enough motivation playing for your national team in front of your home fans. Like, sure, sure, yeah, I I agree. Yes, you you should. But this is kind of uh, this is oh uh, gosh, this, this is a debate we should we should really dive into. I'm not I'm not letting players off it. Not not one bit. It, I I just I can can see how coming off a, a World Cup year, you know. A long season with with their club team, playing in the Gold Cup isn't you know even though you can get a playoff if you don't win it. I I can see how they weren't up for it. Now maybe that happens in the earlier rounds and by playoff time, you know you need you know the knockout stages. You need to have your head clear. <laughs> I mean you need to focus. I I get that, but man, it's just so hard for me to. To, to knock on uh, Jurgen Klinsmann at this point. I, I don't oh, like the way yeah. he goes about a lot of things, and I think he does deserve some, you know, some pressure after this. But, uh, man, uh, you asked me who would I rather have at this point. Yeah, sure, maybe Carlo Ancelotti, maybe maybe Fabio <laughs> Capello, although he was a disaster with England. Like, ugh, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, we gotta we gotta ride with this guy. It's he's he's proven. Um, just. And and he's done good things. It's, I, I just don't like all the hate. And you know, I'm a Georgia fan, so <laughs> I'm used to sticking by my coach probably to a fault uh, with like, like Mark Briggs. So um, yeah, yeah, that's true, probably, true. probably where this probably where this, some of this comes from. But uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I I go back to your motivation thing. It's really sticking with me because like, how can we like two sides to it? One, we constantly as as a general public, not you and I, but not. Um, teams for not showing up in friendly, which that is understandable. And then two, how is the U.S. going to get more jacked up over two friendlies on the road than a tournament that actually does count for something in front of your home fans? And like, I do get that the Gold Cup doesn't mean that much, but the the, the statement there is not 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 a good statement to be making. Like, oh, that's, no, you know, I mean, that's a lot easier. Come on now, it's a lot easier to see why somebody's <laughs> motivated uh, playing. Who do we mean? Germany and Holland, because they're scouts watching. <laughs> you know, it's, it's their professional career. They have people there watching well, where they can make a lot of money. You look at Haiti, you look at Panama, you look at Jamaica. These dudes are trying to show out, so they, you know, and I think the MLS should probably get a lot of credit for their rise. That's a different topic for a different day as well. But um, you know, these people are trying to make a paycheck. So yeah, you know. you're right. I mean, Bobby Wood uh, went from the third division of. Um, third division of the German League to the first division uh, in the space of about 20 minutes of play. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, and so, yeah, I think that's where a lot of that comes from. And, and we can talk about motivation all day. We didn't get the job done. Um, so, you know, this is, this is probably one of the first few, in my opinion, first few blemishes on Jurgen's record. I think we just really need to get behind him, support him. And, and you know, if we, if we want to ask questions about him being technical technical director, that's fine, but you know, as our head coach, uh, I think he's done a, a good job thus far. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, he's he's going to be around for the World Cup. So you're right. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, um, it's not really worth our time wasting breath about whether he's going to no. get fired. So yeah, right. And, and all right, well, let's let's briefly hit on the uh, Mexico Panama game. Pretty much a disaster in every phase. On all fronts. On yeah. all fronts. And, and it did happen in Atlanta. So hey, you can thank us for that once again, soccer world or sports world in general. Um, now, I, I have a, a, a 
sneaking suspicion or a sneaky suspicion that um, a lot of those people who uh, were throwing things probably weren't from Atlanta. Um, but still, no, nonetheless, that was the calls, first of all, um, brutal. I mean, you know, you, we can get back to, to, to the red card, which was a horrible call. Um, I know that he doesn't have uh, replay, but you always, 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 in my opinion, have to err on the side of caution when giving a straight red because you want the players to decide the game. Um, it also brings up another point. Why don't we have more refs? I think there should be two refs, but you know, I know that's not very old-fashioned, um, but I think you got to do away with that and just you, you have to move at the same pace of the game, and I, I think that that's not what's going on. Um, you look at that first penalty. <sighs> I, I didn't like it, not one bit. And yeah, and I, I mean, it's a tough, tough call, man. It was, uh, you know, uh, tough call, tough call. I, yeah, I don't think you can. I don't know, man. I don't think you can call it a penalty. It didn't look like a penalty to me. I, it almost looked like you got tripped onto the ball. I mean, depending on what angle you look, I mean, it's really difficult to say. But you know, to call a handball there is like completely unintentional. I mean, that's right. a tough call. But his hand did touch the ball in the box, so. But you know, isn't it like, like he didn't stop a scoring chance there, and it, and they always oh. say it's his hand in a natural position. Well, for someone falling down, that seems pretty natural to me. Like, yeah, where's the man supposed to go? Right, and and yeah, and and so I I just did not like that. Um, then you get the the reaction uh, from the fans, which was miserable. You get the reaction from the players, which is awful. Um, you do have to wonder why Panama didn't get any cards for the, for the way they were uh, reacting to the ref, which, you know, gosh, that brings up a sad point as Geiger did such a poor job of fishing that game. He is American. I heard the side judge was American as well. That's just, that doesn't look good for us because, you know, we need to succeed as a nation on all fronts, not necessarily uh, our national team, but we need to have better coaches and we need to have better refs just to be respected by you know the soccer community in general. So this was this was a real big shot uh, at America, and I think it was probably one of the, the biggest shot um, at American soccer all night. And I know that sounds stupid, but you know this is a, a, our best referee, quote unquote, and, and who refs World Cup games. Yeah, man. I mean, it just it it and uh, it just kind of reeked to me of a ratings grab, like. U.S. isn't going to be in this, so, you know, what kind of ratings are Panama and Jamaica getting for the final, you know? I mean, when you look at calls like that, it, it, it's plausible to think that that's what happened. Um, you know, uh, it never be proved. You never, you know, never be able to definitively say that. It's so easy to chalk it up to referee uh, error. But, um, you know, maybe I, I'm simply bitter from uh, – Leeds United's exit in the um, Champions League years ago against, uh, I believe it was AC Milan, when there were some, there were several really bad calls, and then two years later, the referee of that game was banned for life for match fixing. So, um, you know, we've seen it with Donaghy too. You know, that stuff comes out later. I don't, I'm not making any predictions here, but I just got a whiff of it, man, and and I just don't like that. And it really the whole the whole second game just left me with a real bitter taste because the, before the game and I actually got out there pretty early um, and it was it was awesome like Jamaican fans and Panama fans and Mexican fans and American fans and it was like everyone was kind of sticking to their own um, demographic as it were but um, it was really cool to just hear the different music playing in the um, 
Which is pretty typical in any in any sporting event, though. You, I mean, you know, I, I you, you do have in college, you do have in college football teams intermingling, but they're also not. Well, no, I did, but not even just the teams. I just meant from different different demographics, different food being cooked. I mean, you know, when you go to yeah. Georgia, like yeah, there's some of it, but a lot of Georgia alumni are white, and you you know, you're playing, you're hearing Toby Keith, like. Right. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but like I don't ever hear like, um, you know, uh, uh, Pitbull. This is called Mexican music. I'm sorry to be so ignorant on that subject, but um, you know, I don't hear that kind of music being played. And it just for me, I just got a really sort of eclectic, like almost utopian picture. Like when there's an Atlanta team and we're all on one side, like the amount of sharing of food and culture that could occur was so. I don't know. I maybe was getting a, ca- a little caught up in the Sweetwater, but. Um, you know, and then you get into the game and they're just throwing beers when Panama scores. And it's, that's like the second time that's happened because they did that to Trinidad. And oh, it, yeah. just, it just got real ugly. And I just, you know, and then and throwing the traffic stuff too. It's just like, man, we, we really had some potential here and just kind of threw salt in it. Yeah, and I think that's something that we need to explore. Is these fans, they keep on doing that. There there needs to be some type of punishment that, that's levied on on their national team, you know, and I hate to to do that, but how else can you stop it? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what has to be done. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could, we could hit on this stuff all day, James. Um, but I think this is a pretty good stopping point. Uh, I'm Drew Collins. Once again, he's James Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at Collins Drew. Follow James at James C A R R S Q R S and car 89, James car 89 on Twitter. Uh, James, we'll be back next week. We have so many, so many things to talk about, uh, which is great, which is really great. Uh, and, you know, give everyone some, some topics that we'll be hitting on the next couple weeks. Well, we, uh, we are um, closely following the, uh, the Russian uh, World Cup and developments there, um, specifically as they relate to, uh, well, obviously the qualifying draw is this weekend, but um, there's also a lot of uh, issues of racism and discrimination there. Um, you know, Drew and I were talking midweek about the fact that, you know, the United States, we just passed uh, or legalized um, gay marriage across the country, and the next two World Cups are in places where homosexuality is a crime. So um, a little bit of uh, an eyebrow raiser there, especially when you think about Vladimir Putin harboring Sepp Blatter. I mean, geez, I imagine the conversations those two are having. Um, and uh, also we have the MLS uh, All-Star Game coming up next week, which we touched upon um, last week. So excited to watch that game and break it down a little bit. And uh, um, those, are, those are some of the, the, the main um, topics. We'll, we'll, of course, review the um, Gold Cup final a little bit and, uh, you know, really start to look forward to the um, real second half of the uh, MLS season and uh, also uh, the start of the Premier League season. So it's uh, – it's an exciting time to be a, uh, a soccer fan, uh, especially down here in Atlanta. Yeah, it's absolutely. Well, yeah, we've got a, a bunch of great things to hit on, James. I, I appreciate your time. Um, everyone listening, if you could uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, reach out to us with any questions or comments, that would be great. We love fan interaction and share it with whomever you can. Uh, James will be sending us out along with uh, our website or Tumblr page, which we hope to put some, some uh, written content up there soon as well but uh james once again i I appreciate your time we'll talk to you next week Uh, everyone this has been the golden gold podcast thanks for listening all right man i i um i gotta run uh but yeah i thought that went well and yeah i think we hit on a bunch of other stuff we can 
we can get to. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I'll uh, I'll turn this around sometime this evening. And uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna. Well, I guess I'll, I'm gonna tweet about it tonight when it goes up. But I also want to make sure we're tweeting about it in the morning and midday and making sure people. Um, can hear it because I know I've been forgetting to do that. I'm like, oh, I posted this yeah. at 11 o'clock p.m. Like, no one saw it. Yes, I'm here. Uh, it sounds like you're you're in the middle of some chaos. So I'll yeah, uh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll let you go and I'll just um, let you know when the the podcast goes up. All right, man. All right, peace.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.